0: The following podcast is an excerpt from Jennifer's new podcast called Room for Two. This podcast features coaching sessions with real clients who are working through issues in their emotional and sexual relationships. If you want to learn more about this new podcast, follow the link in the show notes below to visit the website and subscribe.
1: As Phil's talking about in the Art of Loving course, just for people who aren't aware of this, I talk a lot about shadow and playing with shadow in the sexual realm, which is partly why people are afraid of sexuality is because our erotic minds are drawn to shadow. And that scares a lot of us, especially if we have scriptures like, as a man thinketh, so is he going through our heads, right? Mm-hmm. but it's that 's just for the men though, because, as a woman thinketh we 're good, we don 't have to worry yeah. about
2: it. <laughs> what relief for women geez. yeah exactly
1: <laughs> exactly we 're just naturally virtuous, so we don 't have to account yes. for any of it, yes, <laughs> um but you know this idea of playing with shadow, the kids do it all the time, they play cops and robbers, the good guys, the bad guys. It's not that they want to grow up and be a robber or a bad guy, but they're playing with different aspects of humanity. And it's strange, it's paradoxical perhaps, but the less able we are to acknowledge our darker selves, the more untrustworthy we are, right? Like our trustworthiness has a lot to do with accounting for, in pro social ways, our kind of darker selves, our lesser selves. So, those of us who insist it isn't there don't have any ability to actually control or navigate that part of us. And so, sexuality is a kind of grown up play, and it can be a place where you can play with aspects of self in a collaborative way, never against your partner's will, never against their shared participation, none of those things. Mm-hmm. It's when you can actually trust that you're both able to be honest enough and true enough to yourselves that you can play with these aspects of self. Uh And so it can be fun. You can play with, you know, the pretend illegality of your behavior. You know, you can pretend like, Mm -hmm. you know, Phil and Claire, you know, from when you guys played the role play in Modern Family. (laughs) But, you know, those of you who don't know that episode, but they're playing with this shadow self. They're a couple Mm -hmm. having an affair, even though it's really Phil and Claire, but they're playing with breaking the rules. That's a fun way to bring the shadow into the legality of marriage. It's bringing playfulness into the responsibility. And that's really at the core of passionate marriages.
2: Yeah. I'd say that's something within our sexual relationship, even from the beginning, like being able to play with those roles or just kind of use fantasy or whatever tools at our disposal, Mm -hmm. we've never really delved too deep into that. And I think I've always wanted to, but at the same time, you know, I was terrified. Hiding it. Right. Afraid (laughs) of it.
1: Exactly. And you know, when people are dating, it's already forbidden. You know what I mean? It's already in a context of him touching me is just a validation of how desirable I am because he's not supposed to be. So it's so exciting because You know it's yours. You know it belongs to you. It's not in the frame of should. It's in the frame of should not. But then for so many of us who've been taught, you know, a woman's duty is to submit sexually to her husband and the man should never do anything to his wife that she doesn't want done unto her and all, all these shoulds come into it and crush the aliveness of it. And then when things aren't working well, the fear and the uncertainty, you know, it just comes and sucks all the life out of it. Especially if we think, you know, sex is this dangerous thing that will harm our souls as opposed to how can we care for each other being sexual beings and become good friends in this way, in a way that makes our lives more joyful, doesn't undermine either one of us, but accommodates who we each are. That's Mm -hmm. the goal. But so few people getting married have any conception of that whatsoever, right?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. all, even for me, it's like kind of new for me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Cool. And say, Claire, what's standing out for you about it?
3: I think it's hitting it right on the head for me, at least, because everything we try to do, at least in the past, um, I'm thinking like years ago when everything was really rough in our life, but mm-hmm. I feel like when we would try to be playful and stuff, I would take it so personal, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not like... A good, like you're saying, cops and robbers, you know, oh, mm-hmm. you can't play that because that's not a right. good person. But when you put it in that context of a child just playing pretend, it's like, well, why can't I, right. as in a consenting adult with another consenting adult, like, right. do that? And so it's kind of, yeah, I'm learning a lot right now about this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Great. It's definitely where you have the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. A mm-hmm. lot of us, when anxieties are high, go to kind of rigid letter of the law high control thinking it's kind of a way to supposedly protect ourselves but you know the rigidity and the fear of it makes it ultimately not protective it actually undermines our happiness and our authenticity mm-hmm. the spirit of the law is i don't want to do anything in our friendship that would undermine us as a whole mm-hmm. that means i can't neglect myself i also can't neglect you How do we create something fun and authentic that elevates us? Well, that's going to mean tolerating getting to know your erotic mind, tolerating getting to know mine, which it is a little bit about tolerating, especially at first, if you're afraid of your eroticism, if you've internalized the idea wrongly, in my opinion, that sex is stronger than we are. Mm -hmm. because when we teach ourselves that idea, like sexuality is powerful stuff, right? But we're still the ones who determine our lives and determine what we're going to create with it. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: And if we have the idea that just because we have a thought, it makes us bad or it means that we can't kind of determine the course of our choices, perversely we make what we won't deal with run the show, Mm -hmm. right? It starts to kind of go underground and just kind of control the meaning of everything. As opposed to precisely what you've been doing as a couple, is pulling things up to look at them, handling the anxiety, and preferring or prioritizing the honesty, and then your anxiety actually goes down, and you become more able to make real choices as a couple.
3: Mm. Yeah, I can totally see that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: That's the best thing about it. Is when at least as I felt like as the anxiety has gone away, and I've been able to say what I feel openly. I would usually have anxiety before, during, and after a conversation. Now yes. I rarely have it after, especially not after, yeah. but maybe even like rarely during. And that's, yeah, that's a relief because I'm not like, I can just say what I'm feeling, not like. Yes. Just all like a ball of anxiety trying to get out what my thoughts yes. are. Yes. Wondering and worrying what she's going to be right. feeling about it.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, one of the things just to the point that you're making that I've sometimes said to myself is if I'm getting anxious about something is that I can't control what anyone thinks about me. I don't have control over it. I can't control how I'm seen or understood here. I can control who I am. I can control how honestly I live. I can control whether or not I respect my choices. I can control basically the dignity and the honesty of my behavior In some ways, it's scary to let go of what you can't control. But in another sense, you're really hitting the muscle of I have control over everything that matters, which is who I am. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's Mm -hmm. all I've got in life. But I do have that. And that's Mm -hmm. a big deal. And the less we throw away to what we can't control and put our efforts into what we can, which is who we are. And who we are as a friend, and who we are as a spouse, and who we are as an individual that's the thing that drives self respect and trustworthiness. And self respect is a huge aphrodisiac, right? Mm -hmm. Trustworthiness is, is, yes, it's totally (laughs) hot. Exactly. (laughs) Cosmo 10 steps for greater self respect. It's like, totally (laughs)
4: hot.
1: Yeah. But, you know, what I would suggest to you guys is, and Claire, I haven't forgotten what you talked about in the first session about some previous trauma. And that might be worth just giving a little bit of attention to before we end today. But I think that, you know, one of the things is just daring to be more honest in the sexual realm. One of the exercises I give in both the Art of Loving and the Art of Desire course is the What My Sexuality Wants exercise and the idea is to set a timer for 8 minutes and just let your sexuality talk. Now you may not be at all impressed with what it has to say. It may you may feel that you need to shred what comes out, but it's like giving giving your sexuality its voice. Right? Now the idea of it is just like don't filter. It doesn't mean I have to do anything that comes out on that paper. Mm-hmm. But what speaks to me, what appeals And write it out and then just take a look at it. And then you can decide, am I courageous enough that I would like to share some or all of this with my partner? It doesn't mean that we need to do it. It's just a way of letting myself be more knowable, showing my inner weirdness, right? (laughs) (laughs) And at least let it Now, even that alone can be extremely exciting for people, even if they never, you know, Literally, you know, do anything per se on that page. It's just a way of kind of knowing, you know, an aspect of your spouse that you've never known before, or letting your spouse know a part of you you've never let be knowable. It's a way of inspiring the play, but also the mystery that's in each other, Mm. right? Mm-hmm. That in marriage, we sort of flatten each other to a self-object, like how this person reacts to me or how this person makes me feel about me rather than this is an entirely different human being with her own history, with his own ideas that will never be fully knowable. And when you stop seeing each other, you kind of flatten each other and the marriage and all the aliveness goes with it. Yeah. So sharing your erotic mind makes it alive again. Go ahead. Clearly. No, I
3: just, I love that, um, that exercise. I think we should totally do it. Do you just do it separately and then yeah. share if you want? Yeah, you like- do it
1: separately. I would do it maybe even when the other person's not in the house so that you don't feel like your mind's referencing what's, Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just to give yourself some real freedom, uh-huh. but then you can decide, you know, do I want to share some, save some of it for later, <laughs> just share things yeah. that I like or that turn me on or that are appealing to me. Or something that I've thought about um, that has always made me feel sexual. So there's just ways to practice sharing your mind. And then, yeah, just anything you've always been afraid to say. It's paradoxical, perhaps, but it's the vulnerability when we show the part of ourselves we don't show someone else, but we let ourselves really show it. That's exciting. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: It's a little bit like, you know, the excitement of. Lifting up a skirt or something—it's like, oh, you know, like the thing that you're not supposed to show, you show it. You show the yeah. under, the vulnerable part of yourself. That's yeah. really connected to erotic energy. When it's like, it's Tuesday. It's been three days. He's going to get upset. You know, that's not erotic. Yeah.
4: At all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Time yeah. to go again. Got to do this.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, does any of that make you nervous, Claire? Like, meaning. It sounds like you're responding to it with some energy, but just remind me a little bit about some of your earlier fears around sexuality. I, I'm just remembering mm-hmm. that you brought that up in the first meeting.
3: Yeah. Um, I was raised by a single mom. Most of mm-hmm. my,
1: child.
3: I mean, mm-hmm. my parents divorced when I was 11, but she was a, a woman who, and still is very strong and independent doesn't need a man for anything. In fact, mm. the two marriages she had were very abusive and pretty mm. awful. <laughs> and yeah. so, while she did her best to shield us from that, I obviously picked up on a lot. Um mm-hmm. I was kind of the I would say the gatekeeper to like her emotions almost. Like I wanted to and I still kind of do this with her. I want to protect her emotions because I know how much she's gone through. Mm-hmm. And I think I've always looked to her example and so her example of sexuality for me was like non-existent. I mean, we always made a joke. Like they must've just had sex twice to have me and my brother because Mm -hmm. there's no way, like even that was pushing it, you know? Yeah, Uh,
2: There's no way I can even imagine how it happened the first time to be honest.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So I think that mixed with like, she wouldn't even talk to me about it. I mean, it was just very taboo. Mm. Um, But mixed with that, piece of, but men are really abusive. And that's been her experience. And they take advantage of you. And they'll just manipulate you to get whatever they want. I mean, those were the fears I had going into marriage. And I actually shared these with Phil of like, are you sure I should get married? (laughs) Because like, I come from a Mm -hmm. lot of baggage with this. But
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I think part of that was made it hard for me at least to Like I wanted to understand and I think I understood her, but then it kind of put my shadow self like, well, I'm going to put that way away from her because I don't want that to hurt her.
1: That's right. Um, So, Yeah, absolutely. Right. But Claire, it becomes a little bit confusing. Like, am I shutting this down to protect my mom in a sense? Like kind of being in that basic distrusting position and like her, validating her by also being kind of closed sexually, closed emotionally. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting because you're not talking about a relationship with Phil in which I may be misunderstanding it actually. Phil's definitely saying I was shielding her vulnerability, Claire's vulnerability by not showing parts of myself. Mm -hmm. How do you think of yourself in this way? Were you shielding aspects of yourself to protect your mom Say a little more for me so I better have that picture. Yeah.
3: I mean, in the moment, I don't think I knew what I was doing. I think I just thought, well, men are bad. Like that was literally the inherent thought I had going yeah. into marriage. And I was just so willing to take a risk on Phil because I'm like, well, he seems great <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Surprise. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I don't, I don't know if I ever thought like I'm shielding my mom's emotions, but now that you say that, I think it was almost like a protective, like I'm standing up for her, which I did my whole life. And so then when I was in a position to be vulnerable with a man, mm. I think I probably did have this part of me that was like, well, if she wasn't able to do that and she didn't have anyone loving and protecting mm. her, why would I deserve that?
1: Yeah. Does that make
3: sense? Yes. And it sounds weird to think like, why would you shield your mom when you're with your husband? Like, that's just a weird combo, but that's exactly how I felt. And now talking it out loud, I'm like, yeah, that for sure played a huge part.
1: Well, I think there's a lot of women who do this where if they saw their mother suffer or their mother wasn't in a happy marriage or their mother didn't like sex, it's almost like on what basis should I be able to have those good things in my life to be able to have pleasure, to be able to have joy. My mom has defined herself through a kind of long suffering position in a hard life. Am I even allowed to go have a good marriage? Like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be a betrayal of sorts? And this is, you know, very few people are articulating that idea because it sounds strange. Like what does it even have to do with my mother's happiness? But a lot of people have a more internalized loyalty That if I'm her protector, I can't go off and have great sex. I'm leaving my post. Mm
0: -hmm. It's
1: perhaps an act of disloyalty on some level. And so it can feel, yeah, that to love your mother. mm -hmm. Very hitting, hitting
3: home. I have never like, yeah, thank you. Like I've never thought of it this way, but that's exactly what it's felt like.
4: Yeah.
0: To access the rest of this episode and more coaching sessions like this one, visit the link to the website in the show notes below. There you can learn more about the podcast and subscribe to it. Become an annual subscriber today. Annual subscribers receive exclusive benefits that you can't get anywhere else, including an opportunity for a free coaching call with Dr. Finlayson Fife, priority access to her live events, a free 30-minute e-course on creating a better sex life, and bonus content such as episodes and Facebook Lives. We are so excited about launching Room for Two and giving you access to more of Dr. Finlayson Fife's wisdom and insight. We hope that you'll subscribe, listen, and gain value from the episodes. Thanks. Have a great week. And now I'm finally free.
4: you got no hold on me. Oh. And even when I'm all alone. I am happy But I want you And I choose you Yes, I do You can choose me If you want to It's up to you I've been lost in love all these years Sorry that I caused all these tears And I lost myself in your reflection My love was just immature affection And now I don't need you no more I don't need you no more But I want you, and I choose you, yes, I do. Yes, I want you, and I choose you.